This is an audio sermon recorded at Highway 71 Church of Christ in Alma, Arkansas. We are Christians seeking to worship God in spirit and in truth. We would love for you to worship with us at 1030 on Sunday mornings at 1808 Highway 71 North in Alma, Arkansas. So I have two goals this morning. Number one is I hope that everything that I share with you this morning is true and factual and edifying and I hope we have some fun with it. The second thing is my goal this morning is I hope that uh, I don't say or do anything to embarrass my family. I'm more concerned about the first though. So this morning we want to look at a couple of uh, very famous ships. Can, and some of you men, you, if you want to raise your hand, you can. If you're not, that's fine. I'm not really asking for a literal response, but can anybody name one ship in history prior to the Titanic by name other than the Ark? Can you name one famous ship prior to the Titanic? Off the top of your head. I, I can't. I can't. And there may be some of you history buffs that, like Kate over here, that can. But uh, not very many people can, I suspect. And uh, there's others in here, probably Brian can. But, uh, but anyway, I can't. But uh, these, I think it would be safe to say that we could all agree that these are probably the two most famous ships that ever floated on the sea. So... I want to talk about them this morning, and, and I hope we have fun with this. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, the time I had to put this together. I didn't have as much time to put it together as I'd hoped, but uh, it is what it is. So, we're going to start by looking at the Titanic. <clears throat> Show of hands, anybody ever been to the Titanic Museum in Branson? A handful. My wife and I had the pleasure of going last year for the first time, and it was Okay. Um, I didn't know what to expect. Uh, I think it was a little more, uh, it, it was a little more historically leaning uh, than exciting. <laughs> but uh, uh, Cindy and I had had fun walking through there, holding hands and seeing what they had. And uh, I recommend it if you know if you're going up there and you don't have nothing better to do and it's raining outside. <laughs> but. Uh, Anyway, pretty interesting ship. So let's just look at a few things about the Titanic and move on to something more exciting. The Titanic was announced to be built in late 1908. And uh, it, it was announced that they would be building two ships, the Olympia and its sister ship, the Titanic. And the Olympic was completed first, and the Titanic, when it was finished, was just a few inches longer, making it the biggest ship ever made up to that point. The construction began on the Titanic on March 31st of 1909. Now, when I I saw that, I was like, 1909, that, that year sounds familiar to me, 1909. 
And I thought about it, and it finally came to me that my mom's mother, my sweet Mima, she was born March 31st of that same year. And Mima passed away June 14th of 19, uh, 2009, March 8th of 2009. And she missed being 100 years old by three months. So my, my grandmother, my Mima, she lived almost a century. And she was born in the year of the Titanic. I thought that was pretty interesting. Although the RMS Titanic was registered as a British ship, it was owned by the American tycoon John Pierpont Morgan. Ever heard of J.P. Morgan? J.P. Morgan Chase? He owned that ship. Whose company was the controlling shareholder. The Titanic was built by Harland and Wolfe in Belfast, Ireland. And it was built for the White Star Line in Liverpool, the United Kingdom. The dimensions of this ship were 883 feet long, 92 feet wide, and 175 feet tall, and sported 10 decks. It was the largest and most luxurious passenger ship up to that point and was reported to be unsinkable. <laughs> Built in the Thompson Dry Dock in Northern Ireland, as we mentioned in the town of Belfast, took a little over two years to build it and was completed on April 2nd of 1912. She began her maiden voyage on April 10th 1912 with approximately 2,224 people on board from southern England to New York City is where they were bound. The voyage ended five days later. April 15th of 1912, after striking a large iceberg and sinking in the North Atlantic Ocean, where the remains were found September 1st of 1985, in a depth of water about 2.3 miles deep where it still lies today and many people have gone down there the last attempt not so successful unfortunately about 1500 people died as it only took about 2 hours and 40 minutes for this unsinkable ship to sink so that's an overview of one of the most famous ships ever to be built, the Titanic. <clears throat> now, let's look at the ark. Before, before we talk about the ark, I want us to read Genesis chapter 6. Genesis chapter 6, beginning in verse 5. It says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of man, of his heart, was only evil continually. And repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, 
I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping things, and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generation, and Noah walked with God. And Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shalt thou make it in the ark, and, thou pitch, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make it of. The length of the ark shall be three hundred cubits, the breadth of it fifty cubits, and the height of it thirty cubits. A window shalt thou make to the ark, and in a cubit shalt thou finish it above. And the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof, with lower, second, and third stories shalt thou make it. And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life from under heaven, and everything that is in the earth shall die. But with thee will I establish my covenant, and thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife, and thy sons' wives with thee. <clears throat> so here we have the beginning the first mention of the ark ever. I wanted to point out a few things that we just read. Some bullet points, if you will. Why, why did God want Noah to build an ark? Why? We learned... Because God saw the following things. God saw, when He looked down here, the following things. He saw the wickedness of man was great. He saw that the thoughts of man's heart was only evil continually. The earth was also corrupt, and the earth was filled with violence. So that's what God saw when He looked down here. And it grieved Him. And He finally decided... I'm going to make a clean slate. I'm going to start, a, or start anew, start afresh. So, what's this ark? What's this ark boat that God's talking about here? Let's look at it. When was the ark built? We know to the day without a doubt, when the Titanic was built. Because that wasn't too long ago. So, basically, a lot of what we're going to say about this ark, this boat, is approximate. As truthful as I could find, and, but that's a long time ago. It's been a couple of years. It was built approximately... 2,348 B.C. Now, that's 1,656 days after create, uh, years after creation when, um, <clears throat> when Noah was 600. Now, I was going to ask the same question as I ask about this one. 
How many of y'all have been up to Kentucky and seen the Ark Encounter? I know there was a whole slew of y'all got to go. A few years back, I didn't get to go, and I'm so happy that all y'all got to go, Ben. And I want to go, but I didn't get to go. But that's on my bucket list. And, uh, and I know that y'all probably learned a lot about the Ark, but there's a lot of us that stayed behind and uh, tended to the stove and uh, kept the home fires burning while y'all got to go up there, and I'm glad you went. So some of this stuff may be uh, mundane to you. Um, <clears throat> it also was built around 4,000 years before Christ. Who owned it? Who was the owner? The Lord was. Who was the contractor? It was built by Noah. It was constructed of gopher wood as we found which in modern terms is cypress wood. And uh, you get further south of here, and there's a lot of cypress trees. So uh, it's a familiar wood to us. And then it, uh, it says it was coated inside and out with pitch, and another name for that modern terms is tar. So black tar. Uh, I'm sure it was beautiful. <clears throat> the dimensions of this ship was 450 feet long, 75 feet wide and 45 feet tall. So about half the size of the Titanic. But about one and a half football fields long. That's something that we all can see and recognize how long that is, a football field. Um, a good sprint for a sprinter. Um, about a quarter wide of a football field. Well, it wasn't real wide. 45 feet wide, I mean 75 feet wide, 45 feet tall, three, three stories ten, instead of 10 like the Titanic. It had one door, one door only. <clears throat> it says it had a window. Now, some people believe that it was an 18-inch opening below the roof line and it went all the way around the top. It was built in a dry dock. Very dry dock. <laughs> and it began its one and only voyage 40 days after being boarded by the only family on board. The voyage ended approximately three and a half months later in what is modern day Turkey, high up in the Ararat Mountains. Sometime in later years, a mudslide brought it to lower elevation where it remains today in what is still there today called Noah's Ark National Park in Turkey. Now, that's what I believe. And uh, you, may, you may not believe that, but from based on what I've studied and learned over the years, that's what I believe. Why else would, it, why else would there be a big remains of a ship up on the side of the mountain of Ararat's when there had never been any water up there that high except one time. So, I don't know. <clears throat> Sometime in later years, uh, total time spent on the ark was approximately 364 days. 364 to 370 days, about a year, instead of five days. Now, not far, uh, about two two miles and about 14 miles away, uh, the same uh, 
<clears throat> amateur archaeologist found drogue stones. Now, a drogue stone is just a big stone with a hole in the top for a rope to be tied through, and it's called an anchor weight. And uh, they found two of these up in the mountains there, two miles away from the remains, and, and 12 of these stones 14 miles away. Um, and uh, the experts believe that, they, that Noah had these stones tied underneath the ship toward the back to keep that thing uh, from capsizing and pointed into the, into the waves. And then, and then as he didn't need them anymore, he started cutting them loose somehow or another. <clears throat> probably had one, probably had his wife dive down there and cut one with a knife, but <clears throat> who knows. <clears throat> now, I thought this was real interesting right here. I'm not going to pronounce this man's name right, but uh, his name was Rashid Saryan, and he was a Turk Turkish farmer, and he saw this remains the first time in May of 1948. In May of 1948. The first person that we know of uh, stumbled across this, this remains, a farmer. And when I saw that year, I was like, 1948? Now, now that name rings a bell to me. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sure it's just coincidence. May of 48 is when Israel became a nation again. Have no idea if God planned that, had anything to do with it. But it could just be coincidence, but it could not too. I don't know. I thought that was neat. All right. So we have just a couple more things I want to share about this. The first aerial photograph was taken or was published in 1960 on the cover of Life magazine from a picture taken by the Turkish Air Force in 1959. In March of 1985, Ron White, an amateur archaeologist from Tennessee, arrived on the scene and started exploring that site, and the rest is history, as they say. And if you want to know what he found and how he determined that that was truly a boat, remains of a huge ship, then you can go to his website, get his book. There's plenty of stuff out there about Ron's work on the on the ark and many of the things that he went on to discover and I encourage you to go check it out. So, Hebrews chapter 11. <clears throat> verse 7. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 7 says, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness with which is by faith. So we see here that uh, Noah, out of fear of what he had just been told, he got busy and uh, went to work right away with his modern tools and it only took him 55 to 75 years to build that boat. He had another part-time job. We'll find out what that was in just a minute as we turn to 2 Peter chapter 2. In 2 Peter chapter 2, in verse 5, 
It says, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. So here, it implies that Noah was a preacher as well while he was building that ark. Now, I just got to thinking about that. Here's this big ship being built out here in the desert. And this man is building this boat. And I'm sure that a lot of people were real curious what he was doing. And I'm sure that he took every opportunity to anybody that asked of the hope within him that he was glad to tell them about why he was building that boat. There's no telling how many countless people Noah told about why he was building that boat and invited them to show up and get in it. Only eight people showed up to get on that boat. In time, I just got to thinking, when it started raining and that water started rising, where do you think all them people in the area went? I imagine there was a few fingernails with some black tar under them for a while. Tar is slippery. <laughs> you can't get a holt on it uh, and climb it. <clears throat> Little sad note. Noah, his wife, his three sons and, their th and his three daughter-in-laws were the only ones who got in that boat, human-wise. So there's a lot of people on earth. Do you think Noah had any family members besides those? Do you think he had any cousins, nephews, nieces, aunts, uncles? What about his wife, her family? Where were they when that rain started coming down? Too late. And there wasn't a thing that Noah could do about it or anybody on that boat. But all them people probably were warned. You think Noah didn't tell his family? Try his hardest to persuade his friends and family around him? They made that choice. It wasn't Noah's responsibility. He did his job. And it's sad, but <clears throat> it's just the way it is. Not, not everyone is going to get in the boat. Talk about that a little bit more in a minute. <clears throat> okay, we, we read that there was a door, one door in this. In John chapter 10, I'm sorry I didn't have time to print these out where I didn't have to turn. John chapter 10, in. Uh, Verse 9, it says, Jesus says, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Well, God told Noah, as the cathedrals sing in their song, hurry up and get in, or as the uh, Statler Brothers, their song about, <clears throat> I don't know, Statler Brothers is the cathedral one, but uh, hurry up and get in. Hurry up, get in the door. Hurry up, get in the boat, Noah, and shut the door. Well, God shut the door and sealed it. God did it. God shut it. God, God 
shut the door and sealed it, and he opened it when it was ready to be opened. <clears throat> Jesus says, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Jesus is the door, and he's inviting everybody to come in the door, that one door. And in John chapter 14 and 6, Jesus said again, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So there's only one door, and Jesus is that door, and it's wide open. Wide open. Just like that boat, that door in that Noah's Ark side was wide open for all them animals and, and the, the people that could get on it, in time could get on it. I'm sure it was a wide door. There's some big animals out there. There's some big people out there. But it, when it was shut, it was shut. Well, the Lord has given mankind time to come in to a new boat today, the Ark of Safety. And we're going to look at that. First Peter. Chapter 3, 18 through 21. First Peter, chapter 3, 18 through 21. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometime were disobedient when once the longsuffering of God waited in the days of Noah. While the ark was preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. Now listen to this in verse 21. The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God. By the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So here we find that we have an invitation. A boarding pass offered to anybody that will take it. It's held out to get on this boat. So, as, as they commonly say, all aboard, John 3 and 16. Very, very famous, very uh, well-known uh, scripture. In John three sixteen, Jesus is having a conversation here. And uh, what did he... Let's, let's refresh our memory what, what exactly he said here. In, in John chapter 3, in verse 16, it says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He that believeth on Him is not condemned, but he... That believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. When Noah was building that ark, the people that didn't believe Noah when he told them what was coming, that was their first mistake. Their second mistake was not getting in the boat before the door was shut. Well, there's a window of opportunity. 
before it's too late today for people all over the world to get in the boat that Jesus is offering a ticket to. Not everyone wants in the boat. Not everyone will get in the boat. Only you are responsible for you. And only you can get in the boat. Now we can try to encourage other people to get in the boat. And there's an old saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. It don't matter. You, you can stick that horse ahead and tie it in a bucket full of water. And it, if it don't want to drink, it ain't going to. It'll drown first. And there's just some people that they're not interested. They're not going to be interested. And there's not a thing we can do about it. Acts 2, verse 36. Acts 2, verse 36. Day of Pentecost. First gospel message preached. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts and, and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostle, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. And when they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day were added unto them about three thousand souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul. We read earlier, what caused Noah to build the ark? Fear came upon him. And he built that ark to save his family. Fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common. And sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking of bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. So what's this church he added everybody to? Well, it's the roster. Every one of these, both of these ships, and as far as I know, ever ship of any significance had a had a roster uh, of who was on there uh, there may be, may be another word for it but anyway to this day uh, even up there at the museum in Branson you could go well when you walked in they give you this piece of paper and it had it had a person's name on it and uh, when you got upstairs in that thing you could you could look up the person that you had on the pamphlet you got when you went in uh, with your boarding pass that you'd purchased and you could look on the roster and find out if the person that was in your hand, survived or died with the Titanic. And there's a big board and it takes a while to find that name if you're interested. But uh, anyway, you can find out the fate of the person that was in your hand. So, But there's a roster. So what is this church? Well, it, it ain't a building anywhere on the face of the earth. There's a lot of confusion about what the church is and what the church of Christ is. It's not a building anywhere. It's not even made, it's not even made with human hands. It's not made with brick and mortar, steel, wood, or any other thing. 
it's anybody, anywhere on the face of the earth since this day of the day of Pentecost who heard the gospel preached, they believed it, they were offered a boarding pass through that door of Jesus Christ, and they went up the gangplank through baptism and got in the ark of safety, the church of Christ. It ain't made with human hands. It's a spiritual ship. It's a spiritual boat. Who built it? Jesus Christ is building it. Who owns it? Jesus Christ. How many passengers will it hold? As many as want to get on. How long will that ship sail? Forever. Forever. The ark was a gift given to Noah by God. Without the ark, Noah and his family would have perished just like the rest of the world. God gave us Jesus Christ. And without Him, you will perish. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. <clears throat> Second Corinthians 5, verse 17. <clears throat> Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. After God washed the earth... The entire earth. He washed it with water. And what happened afterwards? He started afresh with everything that was in that boat. Started anew. When you're washed in the waters of baptism and you've put on Christ, you're washed new. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Brand new slate. Will you make mistakes? On every one of these ships, I'm sure there was safety rules, including this one, I'm sure. As those of y'all that toured the ark, I'm sure even at the museum up there, there were safety notices everywhere. Don't, don't step here. Don't step there. Don't touch this. Don't touch that. Well, I'm sure on Noah's ark there were some safety rules that if you broke, you suffered the consequences. <laughs> well, there's rules. There's rules on the spiritual boat of Jesus Christ. And if we break them, we suffer the consequences. Only you can cast yourself overboard and, and die. God ain't going to kick you out. He ain't going to put you off the boat. And if you fall off, he's even going to try to throw you a, one of those safety rafts. He's going to do everything he can. He ain't never going to give up on you. But only you. You know those people that didn't make it on the Titanic that day? There was around 1,500 of them that didn't make it. There were some of them that were spared in the last second of their life. They come up for the last time and took their last breath. They thought, I'm sure, I'm gone. There's no hope for me. There's death and carnage all around me. There's no hope for me. And they were plucked from the water at the last second. Don't ever give up on yourself. Don't ever give up on yourself. As long as you're breathing and you're alive, there's hope for you. No matter what you're going through in your life right now, no matter. Don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on the people around you. As long as there's breath of life, 
Till Jesus come, there's hope. There's unlimited room. The best amenities that there ever could be. The Titanic sported the best luxuries ever known to a ship. They're nothing compared to what our Lord Jesus has in store for us. The destination of this ship that Jesus Christ is inviting you to board, it's sure. There's no icebergs. It's sure. No fear. Get in that boat. So this morning, if you have not obtained your boarding pass and walked up that gangplank through baptism and got in the spiritual ark of Jesus Christ. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Get in it. There's no reason not to get in it. The lesson is yours. I appreciate you so much. We sure appreciate you being here this morning. And there's a song that's been selected. One or more, please come as we stand and sing the song that's been selected. We hope you have enjoyed this message recorded at Highway 71 Church of Christ. If you have questions concerning this message or would like to set up a study, please call 479-647-2658. May God bless you.